Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Jens Nelson and with me today is Lucas Stuck. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. We thank you for joining us as we explore, discuss, and grow as followers of Christ, or at least hopefully. Uh, So on today's Christians of History episode, uh, we sort of are deviating maybe from our uh, trajectory or our list of people that we want to cover, um, mainly because of the news that that hit a couple days ago. Today we're going to be talking about J.I. Packer. So if Lucas, uh, if you want to take it away. Yeah. So as you may have seen, especially if you're if you follow any sort of like Christian news or social media uh, circles, um, I'm sh- I'm sure you did. Um, J.I. Packer uh, re- went home to be with the Lord on Friday, July seventeenth, twenty twenty. Um, he was ninety three, um, which is old. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, he that I, I saw a picture of him with um, Barnabas Piper, who's John Piper's son, back in like oh four. And J.I. Packer looked really old. So, like, that was, yeah. like, 16 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, he lived a very long life. And, as we will see, a very full life as well, yeah. um, I would say. So, we wanted to take some time. I mean, this isn't going to be, you know, sharing any, like, little-known facts. <laughs> um, he, lots of tributes and um, articles and comments have, have, have been you know, making the rounds over the last couple days. Um, he was a very well-known person for good reason and a very popular person and um, a very well, well-beloved well servant of the Lord. And so really we wanted to just highlight his life um, as, um, as, as his earthly life has just, just come to an end. We figured that it would be appropriate to devote um, this Christians of History slot to him. So... Um, if you've been following the news, there might be a lot of overlap um, of what you've heard, but but I think that more importantly is just to remember um, this brother and, and servant of the Lord who who is no longer here with us, but um, he is still with us in the communion of the saints, and that's um, why we wanted to highlight him. So um, I'm pulling from a couple of articles. Hopefully I'll remember to put the links in the show notes, but there was um, an article on, on Christianity Christianity Today that came out that that gave like a kind of an overview of his life and that was um really where i'm pulling most of this information from and and um as well as a gospel coalition article where um uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more more uh later but um without further ado we'll get into sort of early life and and where j.i packer came from um he was born in 1926 <laughs> um to a uh, family outside of in a village outside of Gloucester, England. He described them as lower middle class at one point, and they were um, nominally Anglican. Um, so he didn't he didn't really grow up with you know a strong you know a household of, of strong faith. Um, but he was part of the church and and uh, you know in a nominal sense a Christian. Um, I, I don't know how how relevant this is but it was just too surprising not to mention so apparently when he was seven uh a a bully was like chasing him i don't know if he was chasing him like on the playground or out out of school or something but uh j.i packer ran into a busy street and he got hit by a by a van and 
I never knew this until I looked at a picture after I read this, but he had a visible, like, dent in his head. Um, like, if you look at a picture, like, you can see, like, a dent because he... Was seven, when he was seven, he got hit by it, literally hit by a car. I think it was like a milk truck or something. That's like, insane. I did not know that. So yeah. You did have a, a, an interesting fact. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how relevant that was to him, his development. I'm sure it had quite quite an impact on him. I, you know, I, I would probably be pretty affected by that, but um, worth sharing, I think. Um, Later in life, he, he went to, to school uh, at Oxford to study classics for his undergraduate degree. And um, within two weeks, he uh, was converted to Christ um, at an event that was sponsored by the campus InterVarsity chapter, um, which I, I found really interesting. I, I'm not sure why I found that so interesting, but um, I think it's kind of cool and interesting just to think that, you know, I, I guess I didn't know InterVarsity was that old. I didn't know they were, you know, I associate them with, with American college campuses and, and um, especially like more recently, I, I don't know. But so it's pretty cool. So he was like pretty much right away after going to college, um, became a Christian. Um, and he stayed at Oxford. And then in 1952, uh, he graduated with his PhD and Right after graduating, um, before going into an academic career, he spent three years uh, in pastoral ministry in a congregation just outside of Birmingham, um, and he was he was uh, serving as a curate, which is like it's sort of your trial at when you know prior to being fully ordained as a priest in um, in the Church of England. So um, he served, you know initially sort of his first you know post education served as a as as a um as a pastor um but it was a more academic life that J.I. Packer ended up really making an impact at least uh, uh at least the most visible and wide-ranging impact um he he taught at a bunch of schools in England um and then in 1979 he ended up moving to Regent College in Vancouver in British Columbia not in Washington um where he served until his retirement um and i think i think even after he retired in 2016 he was uh still a uh, still involved but but i don't know if he was still actively teaching um and throughout his entire career i mean he wrote he wrote and he spoke just countless, countless things. Um, and he became a really, really prominent figure within, um, within Christianity, especially, uh, evangelicalism throughout the course of the 20th century because of his, his books. Um, his first book, think about this, (laughs) his first book sold 20,000 copies in its first year, which is a lot, but it's also never been out of print which is insane to me because um, I think he wrote it in like the, the end of the 50s or early 60s. So like for like half a century, this guy's first book <laughs> was always selling enough copies to stay in print, which is just mind boggling. And it was it was basically um, it was a book uh, about and defending biblical inerrancy, which is something that he sort of became well known for um, in terms of being involved in sort of, you know, 
theological debates, you know, conservative, liberal within evangelicalism and, and biblical inerrancy was, was something that he, he was really, he took a big stand on and he, he wrote and spoke a lot about it, um, including his first book, which to this day is, is still selling copies. Um, his most well-known book would probably be, be the book called Knowing God. Um, I, I think that has sold like half a million copies or something just like, um, I've, I've never read it, um, but I know the name of it, and I know that it is quite po- uh, popular and has had when I w- quite an impact um, over since since it was it was originally published. Yeah, when I was a when I was a youth pastor, um, you know, we have like uh, graduation Sunday where we sort of honor the high school grads. That was one of the books that I gave mm. to the grads one year. Have you read it? Uh, most of it. Okay. I think during my time at Moody, mm. I, I don't know if I finished the whole thing, but I, I read cool. a lot of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, both of those books, as it, it, he wrote so many other things between different books, articles, all kinds of things. Um, the list, like I found a, I found one article that literally said he wrote so much, it's impossible to have a definitive list, <laughs> um, which is hilarious. But um, one of the things that, that really stuck out was is how in his writing and his speaking he he was really aiming to write for the common christian and and to encourage people in the faith um he wasn't interested in making a name for himself or becoming popular um and and he primarily he, he wasn't writing to contribute to academia he was he was really aiming for that sort of lay um you know like upper middle level lay books of theology where he wasn't writing for the specialists, um, but he was really writing to to bring theology to as many people as possible um, in terms of whether he's talking about biblical inerrancy or talking about knowing God, you know, um, adoption. The doctrine of adoption was another thing that he was really big on. Um, and his sort of, his, his just entire career was really marked by that commitment to to uh, the church um, and, and really encouraging and teaching the church at a, at a broad level, not, not a very, not a, not highly focused on just clergy or just specialists or anything like that. Um, he, it was also kind of interesting about him is how popular he became, not just among Anglicans, but also like all other kinds of evangelicals, including like non-denominational, you know, low church evangelicalism. Um, and his books really were sort of universally popular, um, within evangelical Christianity. Um, and, you know, accounts that I've read and, and, and that I've seen as people are, are paying tribute to him, everyone who knew him professionally or, you know, had had him as a professor, um, really just seemed to indicate that he was a really, really godly, holy man dedicated to Christ, dedicated to the church, and really just fully committed as, as a teacher, as a writer, as a speaker to serving the church um, in, in terms of in terms of his his his, uh, you know, teaching and writing ministry. And he didn't retire until 2016, which if he was born in 1926. He was that was when he was like 90 <laughs> um, and he retired because he went blind. So <laughs> uh, he didn't he didn't you know, he didn't get tired. He just uh was no longer able to work i guess yeah (laughs) um 
And one of the big things that really I think just sums him up um, is, is, I guess, recently he was kind of asked what his final words to the church would be, and he he summed it up in the four words, glorify Christ every way, which I think is a very apt way to sum up his life from what I've yeah. from what I've been reading and hearing from those who knew him, as well as just seeing you know people po- posting quotes and you know talking about the way that his books have have impacted and. and you know, shaped their, uh, you know, their faith and everything. I think it really does point to just what he sought to do and really overall succeeded in doing with his, with his ministry and his career. Um, yeah. And the, the other thing I, I wanted to highlight was um, six things. I, I, this comes, I believe, if I remember correctly, like I said, I haven't read the book, but I think this comes from his chapter on adoption in Knowing God. Um, but six things that, that J.I. Packer says um, you should tell yourself every day. Um, I'm getting this list from, like I said, it comes from that book, but um, it was highlighted on a Gospel Coalition article. Um, the six things are, number one, I am a child of God. Number two, God is my father. Number three, heaven is my home. Number four, every day is one day nearer. Number five, my savior is my brother. And number six, every Christian is my brother too. And he's, he, Dang. you know, like I said, adoption was, it was something he was really passionate about. And you can see it in these, um, this focus on the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of Christ and, and, and the church. And he, like, he, apparently his thing was, you should tell yourself this, you know, when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you're waiting for the bus, like, um, just, these are truths to just change the way you live in the world to just sure. saturate your, your heart and your mind and just reminding yourself of these things and whether or not you, you say them every day i think you should reflect on we are children of god god is our father heaven is our home every day is one day nearer jesus is our brother and every christian is our brother as well and i think that those are really beautiful truths of um of of our relationship to each other and to god that that are well worth meditating on and reminding ourselves on um so like i said you know the his first book i i don't think i mentioned i forget the exact title i think it's fundamentalism and the word of god or something like that um which in the 1950s fundamentalism meant something different than it means today like just the way it was used um so yeah knowing god is the other book um it's it's kind of embarrassing the only thing i've actually read from j.i packer is a short little essay called baptism and regeneration which is a really good sort of overview treatment of um, of of baptism, of, of the doctrine of baptism, especially how it relates to regeneration and infant baptism and whatnot. Because um, remember, he was he was an Anglican, and he was really influential in the um, the Anglican Church of North America. He played a prominent role as, as a um, as a theologian, and um, you know worked on the Catechism that just came out at the beginning of this year. Um, as well as I think the book of the the Book of Common Prayer 2019. Not sure. I forgot to mention he was the general editor of the English Standard Version. <laughs> I was gonna say he's like one of the a big deal on the ESV committee. Yeah. So really, just you can see just just a wide range of of just you can see how many different things he he was doing and involved with, and and just the way that he made such a, a broad impact um, and such a really solid impact for the kingdom. So. 
you know, yeah. rest in peace and, and we'll see him one day soon. Um, but that is sort of an, uh, you know, a brief overview of the life and work of J.I. Packer. Yeah. And a fitting tribute to, as he would say, our brother. So uh, we thank you for, for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to connect with us, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast or email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love your feedback. Any questions you have, um, Christians of History episode ideas, you can sign up for our newsletter. Or you can check out logos.com uh, slash doxologypodcast. We'd love to hear from you. Have a good one. See you. See you.